it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to episode number 14, this edition of Inside the Vault, a Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and this podcast brought to you by the Keep Pounding Podcast Network on Twitter at kppounding underscore FSSN, and also this podcast powered by the Fans First Sports Network. Follow them on Twitter at FansFirstSN, and you can also rate and subscribe wherever you get uh, your podcast to the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Radio. Well, my latest guest here on Inside the Vault, he is an editor for catcrave.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Dean Jones. Dean, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Inside the Vault. Thanks for having me, man. Good to see you. You too. Um, let's just go ahead and uh, start with uh, the upcoming game against Miami this weekend. 0-5 start for the Panthers, but we'll get to the Miami part uh, in a little. What are your thoughts and takeaways just from this season so far? I, I feel like a lot of Panther fans, they maybe didn't see 0-5 coming. Maybe they maybe 2-3, 2-4 to start, but I don't think anyone saw 0-5 coming in. If you talk to some people, Oh, and six games shouldn't even be played. We're just going to get boat raced. Not saying I disagree, but uh, <laughs> we'll see on Sunday. So overall thoughts and takeaways so far, just from your um, start to the season. Oh, where to start? I mean, it's it's been a mess, really. Yeah. Nothing more you can say about it. Um, I don't, to be honest, I don't think it would have been as bad from a fan perspective if they just said, it's going to take time. We're rebuilding. We've got a young quarterback who's, 
going to take time to learn the ropes. He's going to make mistakes. But the fact they came out and said, we're dropping in a quarterback and taking off, this roster is ready to contend for the NFC South, to make the playoffs. And to go from that to yeah. this in five five to six weeks is, is disgraceful, really, and yeah. kind of an indictment on the current ethos, I want to say, within within the building. I mean, whether it's the owner, whether it's the front office, whether it's too many cooks on the coaching staff in terms of you pay all this money for guys, but they all want their voice heard and they all want their ideas implemented and finding that balance uh, is taking longer than expected. I don't know, but I mean, I don't think even sort of the brightest or most doom and gloom merchant would would have expected this start really. And um, I mean, the chances are it's only going to get worse this weekend. So there's some real soul searching needed kind of during the bye week. Yeah. Um, You know, they do play Miami this weekend. Um, As I said earlier, we'll get to that game a little bit, but I want to go into some of the uh, position groups that we have been kind of in the media recently into the talk. Um, Chuba and LaVishka Chenault looks like it might be them this weekend. Miles Sanders out uh, with a, injury um shoulder injury sustained in that last week's loss to the lions uh did not practice wednesday did not practice thursday um should it should miles sanders be on the bench at this point uh anyway it, it just seems like you know chuba is averaging more yards to carry lavishka chenault uh, frank Reich talked about this on the preseason that lavishka was going to get backfield usage but we hadn't seen that really up until last week so um what are your thoughts on the backfield rotation and uh then we've got the forgotten guy, Raheem Blackshear. He's been on the sidelines all five games, and it's like he's a ghost. So uh, talk to me about the backfield rotation and, and what you would like to see this weekend. Yeah, there's something clearly amiss with Miles Sanders. Um, he's just he's just lacking that explosiveness you saw last year. Obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line is, is a lot better, and, and they have got a genuine mobile dual threat quarterback in Jalen Hurts as well that uh, opposing defenses needed to account for. Um, but I know he's dealing with a groin issue as well before the shoulder thing came up. So yeah, yeah. maybe he's just a bit banged up, but there's there's definitely something missing. I mean, even in, in terms of his on-field vision, um, it leaves a lot to be desired. And obviously he's he's not the sort of back that can kind of go in between the tackles and create those yards like like Dante Foreman did last year, like Tuba Hub is starting to do. Um, so if it means resting him this weekend, letting him heal up, giving him the bye week as well. So then that gives him kind of a good period of time to to get to get right. And yeah. then hopefully we'll see a better sort of Miles Sanders after the bye week. Because those three three games after the bye are kind of pivotal to the Carolina's chances of kind of salvaging anything from the season, really. So yeah. if they can get him a hundred percent for them, uh, it'll be a big bonus. But if if he if he can't go, then uh I think kind of a one-two combo with with Chuba and LaVisca would be uh, ideal. I mean, they complement each other quite well, uh, especially Chanel. I mean, I've been really impressed with his um, on-field kind of awareness of of finding finding gaps and exploiting them uh, during his limited carries. Uh, he's got the physique to to churn yards out. I mean, that that was his um, his mo really uh, ever since college is uh, creating those yards after the catch and and taking them for big gains. Uh, we've seen flashes of it in Carolina since the trade, but. Um, yeah. That kind of would be the best avenue to go for me, just kind of a one-two punch. Like that was so successful last year with with kind of Foreman and Herbert once once they got going uh, after CMC was traded. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, speaking of uh, the running backs being blocked uh, by the offensive line, uh, the offensive line guys, I, I thought had a really decent game this past week, despite um, that Hutchinson interception on that Ian Thomas screen. We won't get into that because that <laughs> is, uh, that's just too depressing, but um Icky, I thought, had his best game of the season this past week uh, against the Lions and that ferocious pass rush that they have. Uh, you know, Icky start, was going through a sophomore slump, it seemed like, in the preseason and in the first few games of the year. But I feel like the offensive line, it turned around nicely this past week. Um, just thoughts uh, really quickly on the offensive line um, going into this matchup and um, just the game they had last week despite the uh, loss. Yeah, I, th- I think schematically, I think the best thing for Bryce to and the offense to do this weekend is kind of get the football out quickly. Um, Miami's pass rush is quite good. Uh, obviously, they've got the two bookends, uh, Moten and Iquanu. Uh, I, I completely agree with you. I thought uh, that was Icky's best game last week of the season by by far. Uh, I've actually been quite impressed with Calvin Throckmorton on uh, on the interior yeah. as well. To be honest, yeah. uh, over the last few games, um, considering he was a, he was a late arrival, um, didn't really have much time to. To sort of bed in before getting thrown into the fire, thanks to thanks to injuries. So um, it's really positive for him. Um, I kind of want to see a little bit more from Bradley Bozeman, um, and obviously with Chandler Zavala out, I think Cade Mays uh, might get a shot, which uh, which for the Dolphins is kind of a weak link you want to exploit just to exactly. see, yeah. um, just just to basically see if he's if he's got what it takes. He's still a bit of an unknown. I mean, he was kind of slotted to start at right guard before um, injury in the preseason, so. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if if that's the route Carolina goes down, um, but yeah, this is this is all about high tempo offense for me. Getting the football out quick, going no huddle, um, trying somehow to keep the keep the Dolphins' offense off the field for as long as possible, um, and I hope that somehow uh, <laughs> equates to them being in the game. But um, easier said than done, I guess. Yeah, let's so let's go ahead and get into that now. Um, you know, Dolphins at Hard Rock Stadium this weekend. Um, the Miami Dolphins uh, hung up uh, a 70 on the Broncos and uh, they looked quite good in most games, except for that, uh, the loss in Buffalo, but they've done really well overall. Uh, we saw Devon Achan going to uh, IR this week, so they'll be without the rookie stud, but um, Jeff Wilson's coming back this week from IR, Raheem Mosher. Uh, so I don't think, honestly, with the Panthers run defense this year, I, I don't think they'll be missing much there, um, not to mention the receivers uh, that they have with Waddle and Hill. So um what are your let's just keep it uh very simple what are three things that the panthers need to do um to come out with a victory in south beach as much as people think this is already going to be a loss and we all a lot of people are saying that and already assuming it but they still have to line up they still have to play for 60 minutes what did they have to do to come out with the victory um i would say control the clock would be the main one on offense um to a Tyreek Hill, Jella model, they can't do anything if they're on the sideline. So control the clock, establish the run. Um, like I say, go 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 a little bit higher tempo. I know they simplified the play calls on the um, on the cue card on his wrist, um, which should help. I mean, yeah. I don't know if Hard Rock Stadium is <laughs> kind of the most intimidating atmosphere he's going to find compared to kind of Lumen Field or right or the Link or some or somewhere like that. Um, sure. So that might work in his favor a little bit. So yeah, controlling the clock, establishing the run, stopping the run somehow because they've been terrible at that. Uh, I mean, I'm really not impressed with the D line uh, aside from Derek Brown. Shy Tuttle's not a nose tackle; he should be playing a three-four end. Um, 
but yeah. they didn't replace Mark or McCall effectively when they decided to let him go. So uh, they've got a lot of square pegs in round holes at the minute. Um, that that is definitely a good way to describe that. You know, and there was a lot of debate at that at the time with McCall's release. You know, he's still not yeah. on the team. Failed the physical with the Patriots. So you know, not saying that was the wrong move or the right move, but at the same time, they didn't replace him. At the end of the day, is yeah, that's that's that's, that's the most underrated issue on this team for me. Uh, if you're going to run the three four, then you need a you need a dominant kind of anchor in 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 the interior. And I didn't really have a problem with releasing McCall. Um, I know he was kind of a, a fan favorite, but if they felt he he had injury issues and he wasn't performing, um, they were had every right to let him go. But at the end of the day, they did absolutely nothing to replace him, and they thought uh, Shy Tuttle could could fill that void. And it's been pretty clear through five games that's not the case. That's not the case. No. Um, well, and then the other thing I would add is yeah, forcing Tua to hold the ball a little longer. A lot, even if Brian Burns and Derek Brown, who both did not practice today after being limited yesterday, so that's something to watch going into tomorrow. Yeah. Um, recording this on Thursday, the twelfth of October. Um, if even if they're 80 percent, that's still better than a lot of. Uh, I, I would think the offensive line playing with the backup left tackle right now, and, and their offensive line as a whole hasn't been that good. Hence, why two is yeah. getting the ball out pretty fast. So, if we can force them to hold the ball longer, I think that will be key, uh, as you said as well. Um, let's get into some trades a little bit. October thirty first is the trade deadline. Um, we all know about Brian Burns, so let's take him out of the equation because some people think uh, I, I, we'll get to that question in a little bit, but. Um, Trade rumors regarding the Panthers. We've heard of them trying to get a wide receiver one. Jerry Judy's name has come up quite a few times among others. Um, so two-part question. One, um, should the Panthers be getting a wide receiver before the October 31st deadline? And number two, if they do that or something else to that effect, what are some Panthers who could be traded as a result of that? Burns, uh, we've heard Jimmy Chin, we've heard uh, maybe Terrence Marshall Jr. getting a fresh start. Uh, who uh, is, is who are you keeping your eye on? Uh, I think it all depends on the cost with Judy. Um, d- depends what they want. I mean, people are touting sort of a third round pick, um, but considering that's actually one of Carolina's picks and it's going to be quite high, more than likely, um, it's 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 a difficult one. And then obviously he's coming into the last year of his deal, they picked up his option, so yeah. Whether you'd work out an extension with him, um, depending on how he gets on in sort of the hypothetical scenario that he does arrive. I mean, he's got to learn the playbook. He's got to build himself up gradually. And then um, there's just no telling for sure if he's going to kind of hit the ground running, which is so it's it's, it's a tricky one, especially kind of for an 0-5, maybe an 0-6 team to be kind of making these moves. It's not, um, not normally the done thing, but... At the same time, given how things are right now, I mean, Bryce Young's development is the most important thing above all else. I mean, yes. his growth, his development week to week so far has been pretty encouraging from my eyes. Um, but he hasn't got enough help. So yeah. if you need uh, Jerry Judy to come in, if it doesn't work out, then it's not like their third and fourth round picks have been set in the world alight anyway. And the Scott Fitter is it so... It's, it's it's worth a gamble that they can afford his, his salary next year. I think it's just over twelve million. Um and if he turns out to be a wide receiver one next year, that's gonna be pretty cheap. So I would go for that. In terms of outgoings, I mean if you're Jeremy Chin, you're absolutely desperate to to be getting out of here. I mean, thirty percent of snaps last week when they've got a banged up secondary and missing Shaq Thompson. 
Um, I think he's played 55% in total this year. So if you were him, you, you'd be absolutely crying to be getting out of, uh, out of Charlotte, if you're honest with you. Uh, get a fresh start somewhere else. And he's got athletic gifts that, that can be, be put a, put to better use elsewhere because we, we saw it as a rookie. So his decline's been been really concerning and it's clear that he's kind of gone from an integral part of the defence to being a specialist package third down guy, which is kind of unacceptable with the talent at his disposal, really. Yeah. Um, and then sp- specifically after the bye, um, regardless of what happens, uh, we do have some injuries that we know are going to obviously guys like Shaq Thompson, Brady Christian out for the year, but it does seem like we might get JC Horn back. We might get Xavier Woods. We might get Austin Corbett back after the bye. Frank Reich alluded to that uh, potentially earlier in the week. Um, have to think getting those guys back, regardless of what happens in this game on Sunday, is going to be very big for this team uh, morale-wise and just kind of getting healthy on the back end, as you said, of the defense. And then on the offensive line with Corbett, he really has been this missing piece that I think the offensive line has been sorely lacking. And um, I think has been a underappreciated player, I think, uh, in Charlotte. And I think uh, fans will notice that, especially with the run game uh, when he comes back. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't overstate kind of how important Austin Corbett's been um, in terms of leadership, his communication. I mean, just his presence there will make Taylor Moten and Bradley Bozeman better because they'll feel at ease about who's next to him. Uh, he's he's dependable. He's He didn't hardly put a foot wrong last year through the first kind of 10 weeks before giving up a couple of sacks uh, later in the season. Uh, I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. So I think out of the three, even though Horn kind of brings his own uh, special traits when he's healthy, um, and God willing, he'll be he'll be avoiding any more complications for the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, Corbett is the most important of the lot, and especially kind of what I alluded to before about Bryce Young's development. I mean, for Bryce Young to go from kind of a carousel at right guard to having an established veteran, proven credentials, former second round pick, uh, is 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 going to be a huge step in the right direction. I think. Yeah, and you know. Uh... Mike Kay over at the Charlotte Observer, he said this time and time going into the season is this roster has been very top heavy. There's not a lot of depth. And um, a lot of fans are concerned with the first round pick, you know, that we gave up with uh, Bryce Young uh, and DJ Moore, obviously leaving. But even if we had, even though we don't have that first round pick, rosters aren't built based on just a first round pick. You've got to lay in depth. That's what this team needs is depth. The second, the third, the fourth, the fifth rounds, those guys that are the ones we need to have. And we need to hit on those picks in these upcoming. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
upcoming draft so we can start to have some of that depth in some of those positions that we've seen right now on this team this year, offensive line, corner, linebacker, just to name a few that we have been hit with injuries. And then the guys coming in, there's not a lot of depth there. And so that's something that's going to be um, really important as we get going um, into the off season, but that's for another time. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Let's get into Frank Reich a little bit in this coaching staff. Um, You know, Thomas Brown, uh, there's been a lot of buzz about him acting like a pure head coach when he gets to the microphone, knows how to talk about the podium. Um, If he was to take over play calling duties, it seems like after week seven uh, in the bye would be the most ideal time to do it. And if not, then it would probably be next season at the absolute earliest. But um, so there's there's that piece. And then we've seen um, (laughs) just this week, Frank Reich keeps going to the microphone and he keeps saying things that um are they're truthful but it's almost like okay i didn't know if i need to know that you know we talk about the timeouts terrence marshall jr not playing um does frank have too much on his plate does he have too much like you said too many cooks in the kitchen uh and we can go back to bryce being simplifying the plays and making the play call shorter the the wristband stuff so uh, that two-part question there um does reich have too much on his plate and then thoughts on the overall coaching staff so far and then the thomas brown you know potentially calling plays after the bye yeah i kind of commend Frank right for being so truthful but panthers Same. Fans i are, do too actually but, but kind of panthers fans have gone from one extreme to the other haven't they they've gone from a guy who used to fumble his way through press conferences making every excuse under the sun throwing everyone under the bus and then you you've gone from that to a guy who's who's taking shrapnel for kind of everybody and that's the way i'm kind of leaning at the moment i mean there's kind of failings within his coaching staff in terms of the rotations, like the running back rotation, Terrace Marshall, uh, no involvement whatsoever last week. And the head coach is carrying the can as he should as the figurehead, but um, whether he's got too much on his plate, I don't know. There's an, I mean, God knows how much David Tepper shelled out for this coaching staff in the, in the off season. And if they can't get it together with all their experience and, in terms of Thomas Brown and the younger ones, the, their progressive thinking, if they can't mesh that into cohesive game plan at this stage, I mean, they've got no hope, have they? I mean, they've had all summer, all kind of pre-season. I mean, we 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 were told they were hiding away some revolutionary offensive scheme to <laughs> from well, first, like, well, it, the pre-season. And it's been kind yeah. of exactly the same until the last couple of weeks. So, yeah. But, but Frank Reich does have historically... Uh, late starts. Uh, he yeah. was one in five in Indianapolis, uh, I believe, two years ago. Um, and I get, I might have exactly the wrong year on that, but uh, they end up that team that started one in five ended up making the playoffs at ten and six, winning a wild card game. But um, I, I do think a part of it is, like you said earlier, actually, um, taking all the schemes that Thomas Brown, Frank Reich, Josh McCowan, Deuce Staley, even and bringing them together and making the best batch of groceries from the food that's been bought and then um, making that into the best meal. And right now we've seen um, a couple of appetizers that uh, are just kind of bland, but we we're waiting for the, the, the the main dish to be served. And and the, the, like you said, those creative play calls that we've seen throughout the um, off season that we were hinted that were coming. Oh, it's just the preseason vanilla game plan. It's just the preseason. So um you know, we'll see as we go forward kind of how that plays out. But um, 
you know, it's only five games. Now, I, I get it. Like you said, this season is about Bryce Young's development. We still have 11 games left after Sunday. So there is 11 more games. And, you know, if we're still feeling this way in week 15, 16, you know, let's let's talk about it again. But it's yeah. only it's only five games, guys. And and it's not like and then and this is the other thing. I, and I think you'll agree with me. And I think you've written about this a little bit. Catgrave.com uh, is where you can find Dean's work is. It's not like the coaching staff was just going to come in and uh, select Bryce Young, plop him in, and then it's going to be all roses and cherries because, you know, he is a rookie quarterback. He's going to take those hits. He's going to take those um, mistakes, the the rise and fall with a rookie quarterback. It's going to take time. And I think people uh, just don't understand that, you know, even guys like Peyton Manning, Troy Aikman, we can go back uh, who had really rough rookie campaigns. Now they're both Hall of Famers. You know, Bryce yeah. Young uh, is going to be fine. I think once he get a once he gets a number one receiver, I really think he's going to take off. Um, provided with it, with the injuries, uh, getting a little bit of luck there, and the offensive line is able to protect him. Um, you, I think I saw this the other day. Two recent guys that we talk about is Burrow and Tua, who had no number one receiver their rookie year, and then the next year, year two, they get that number one receiver, and then they take off, and so. It, having that wideout core being um, strong is especially pivotal in the 2023 version of the NFL. So yeah, it go, it goes it kind of goes back to that point though of the kind of delusional promises they were making before the season. Though, I mean, Pat fans have been kind of starved of success here since yeah. the mid 2010s, since yeah. the kind of glory days. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And after the Matt Rule experience, it's it's kind of left everyone a bit deflated. And obviously with all these big changes all happening at the same time, positivity rose as a result. Yeah. And then you had the GM making statements that his players couldn't, that his players couldn't live up to really. And uh, I kind of think that's where most of the frustration is coming from at the moment. Um, so, hitting, so hitting on that really quick, um, I wasn't going to get to this, but you, you opened that door. Um, do you feel like, um, Panther fans were just do they did they have unrealistic expectations for this team knowing that the offensive line overachieved a bit last year uh the power running game was a little bit different than the zone blocking that we're seeing this year and then the whole new coaching staff whole a rookie quarterback all of that or is it like you said that we were promised one thing by the general manager but then the coaching staff is telling us differently uh it, which is it or is it a combination of both I think it's probably a combination of both I mean you, you didn't have to look far on the depth chart to see. I mean, I was crying out all summer for them to do something at cornerback. I mean, given kind of the injury history within the room and yeah. kind of Dante Jackson and CJ Henderson's inconsistencies to be relying yeah. on them. Although, in fairness to CJ, I thought I think he's had a really good season so far. He has done um, well. And yeah, uh, he has. As well, I thought has really stepped up. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, that he's, he's given up a big play here or there, but you're always going to get that from him. But in terms of his growth from year to year, I mean, this has been his best best year of his pro career by by a considerable margin, I would say. Um, but again, and again, it's the promises. I mean, if they'd have just come out and said, "Look, this is going to take time. We've got these veterans helping Bryce Young. Yeah, he's going to make mistakes. We need Austin Corbett back to solidify the line. We're going to have problems." But instead, kind of, they were they maybe got a bit of head ahead of themselves and. Obviously, look. They looked at the state of the NFC South and said, "We're we're ready. We're ready to compete." And it couldn't be any further from the truth, really, from what you've seen over the last five games. 
And uh, I don't really think they envisaged uh, giving Chicago a top five pick either, which arguably ends their thought process about going up to make the trade in the first place. Yeah, uh, yeah, and we don't have time to get into a lot of that, but yes, there there is a lot uh, that fans might feel differently about um, <laughs> on there. Um, Brian Burns, we'll hit on that real quick, get some predictions, and get you out of here again. Dean Jones from CatCrave.com, my guest today here on Inside the Vault. Um, Brian Burns, his new contract. We know the negotiations have been paused as the season goes along. Um, fans think some people think he's going to get traded. Some people think we're going to hold on to him because we can't afford to um depart with such a um an elite chess piece on defense um so ultimately what's your prediction uh is he going to get traded number one and if he doesn't um do the panthers get a deal done this summer or do they perhaps slap a franchise tag on him and say okay the you want to give us two first round picks for burns uh if we don't want to match your offer go ahead um what do you think what do you think is going to happen uh i don't think they're going to trade him i mean the the second round pick at the moment is basically a first round pick anyway, thirty three. So, yeah, um, no team struggling is going to give up their number one for for any player. Never mind uh, one out of contract that they're going to have to pay thirty million dollars a year for. Yeah. Um. So, and the Panthers need him. They've got no real, no one real. I mean, he's still he's still playing well. I know he's getting a lot of criticism um, for going missing in games, but he's he's getting double teamed a lot. And he's still kind of he's still kind of coming up with big moments when winning his pass rush win rate is a, is quite high for the double team. Yeah, um, and no one said he was Nick Bosa. I think a lot of no, fans exactly. think, um, think he's like on this tier right below Bosa. I mean, he is he's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, don't I don't want Panther fans getting into my mentions here. They're there. He's he's good, but um, he even said himself this offseason he didn't he he didn't want to be paid like Bosa. He wanted to be paid in those top tier guys, uh, you know, below wherever Bosa came in. So yeah, I, and that's yeah. and that's kind of and that's kind of how how it works. People say no, oh, he's not worth thirty million a year. Tough luck or an expletive. He's that's inflation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, nobody's getting Max Crosby's money. If he wanted, um, if the, if kind of the Panthers wanted Bruins to get Crosby money, they should have paid him after they turned down that offer from the Los Angeles Rams. To be honest, yep. Um, but I think it's going to go the Lamar Jackson way. I think they're going to put the non-exclusive tag on him. Um, can't imagine a team um, making him a sort of offer the Panthers couldn't match, and then they'll go from there. But it must be incredibly frustrating for him as well. Um, yeah, considering he stayed around all off season to work out and help his teammates and make sure that he wasn't being a distraction to the new coaching regime, and to be treated like this is a is kind of a, an indictment on the way things are going in the front office at the moment. Yeah. Um, number two, overall thoughts and expectations for the rest of the season. What can fans predict? What do you think from? Bryce specifically as the team grows with him you talked about earlier the development of Bryce Young is obviously the key to the rest of this season regardless of the wins losses um what do you think we're going to see from Young as he goes along the rest of the season um obviously we hope to see that steady growth uh, you know game by game and uh maybe one week the handcuffs are finally off and he just kind of plays loose plays free and then all of a sudden it's like okay there's that number one pick that you know everyone you know, saw that coming out of uh, Alabama. Yeah, I think you've seen flashes of that already. I mean, there's nothing that I've seen on tape that suggests that he wasn't the the right pick. I mean, I was a big CJ Stroud guy. Uh, that's pretty common knowledge, but 
I was also of the opinion that you couldn't really go wrong with either. I mean, right. but um, well, a lot of people had trouble with his height, and and that is yet to yeah. Be- I mean, that's 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 an, a kind of an archaic way to look at the quarterback position these days. When you look at how I mean, he's more slender than arguably anybody else. But you look at Kyler Murray, you look at Russell Wilson, Drew Brees. These 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 guys who aren't six five two two forty, they're not Cam Newton. So, and they're still having great success. So. Just, just growth. I mean, there needs to be a level of trust there that he's going to do the right thing as well um, for him to kind of take that next step. I mean, they they brought him in, they separated him from Stroud and Richardson because he was an elite processor. He could make good decisions. He was accurate at all three levels of the field. And he was, he was able to sort of decipher precept defences and things like that. So just let him take charge kind of in a, in a, in a Peyton Manning way, but make sure he's got the right support system around him. But like you're saying, until the wide receiver unit improves, um, and I want to say the offensive line as well, but with Corbett coming back, I expect that to to really help. Um, and that, that's that's basically all you can ask for for him. He's going to make mistakes. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see them come down a little bit. I'm not going to lie, but um, at the end of the day, it's, you're going to take the rough with the smooth. I mean, look at Trevor Lawrence now. Look at um, Joe Burrow now. Look at Look at Tua. Yeah. I mean, I was on a Miami podcast uh, yesterday, and they were they were saying that they were ready to kind of kick him to the curb after even before last season. Never mind uh, what's going on this season. So, yeah. um, but patience is a virtue fans don't have, and especially fans of struggling teams like the Panthers. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> you know, it's just one of them. I mean, Young's got an old head on Young's shoulders. Uh, no pun intended. So uh, he'll he'll take it all in his stride, I'm sure, and, and, be, and be better for it. And I won't even get into what, you know, what we've seen on Twitter lately with, you know, Stroud's doing this in Houston, you know, AR can't stay on the field in Indy. So, you know, cautiously right now in, in Indianapolis, but, um, and that's a matchup we won't even see, uh, Richardson will yeah. be out, um, versus the Panthers there as he was placed on IR uh, earlier this week. Um, so last one for you, Dean, uh, again, you've been so generous with your time and thanks for giving us a little bit of time here on inside the vault. Okay. Talk about, um, let's just talk about, just W's. When are we going to get a W? Is it going to be? Most people don't think it's going to be this week, obviously. But um, you get, then we have the bye, and then you got Houston, Indianapolis, and Chicago. Uh, two out of those three at home. Um, so when is our W first W of the season coming for the Panthers? Oh, uh, they they better beat the Texans. They better beat the Texans. CJ Stroud coming to town, coming off a bye, so you've got all that time to prepare. They better beat the Texans. That's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> I think the, I think say, the fan base might riot if, if yeah if, if, yeah but... yeah I'm 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 gonna say the Texans because they better beat them I mean Houston it's a they've got a solid foundation for a good future now D'Amico Ryan's there um, they've got a nice defense some some decent weapons in the passing game and obviously CJ's been been as advertised if not exceeded expectations so far although I was pretty confident he was going to hit the ground running in any case but I. Yeah, I'm going to say Houston because they better win that game because um, it's it's just not going to be a nice place. 0 seven losing to the number two pick no. at home, and then after you've got a, a good chance. And the then you've got a good chance the week after um, Indianapolis without uh, Richardson, and then the week after that they go to Chicago, another winnable game. Although I did watch Chicago absolutely blow the doors off the Commanders on Thursday night. Yeah, and, D- uh, DJ Moore had his best game that's as, DJ a, uh, as a professional athlete. You, you would argue, uh, yeah. Yeah, at Soldier Field as well. So, 
I mean, I, I would temper expectations for that one based on what I saw from Chicago last Thursday. But I'm going to say Houston. Okay. I'd like to say they better win it. Yeah, yeah, you and me both. Um, well, again, as I said at the top, my guest today has been Dean Jones with CatCrave.com. He is the editor there. Um, writes for them on the website. Good work there. Go check him out there. Um, Dean, um, excellent, great job. Thanks for your time. And anything else you want to plug since we got you here on the show before we let you go? Uh, no, you pretty much covered it. Thanks for having me, though. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, awesome. And um, we'll uh, we'll let you go. See you next time. Nice one, man. Take care. All right. And that will wrap up this edition of the Inside the Vault a Carolina Panthers podcast. I am your host, Ryan Smith. Again, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And uh, we will see you next time.